then. Let me know later. No problem. Okay. Yes. Let's let's try to imagine we never ever heard about Buddha or teachings. Mm. Um, how would you explain what Buddha was teaching without referencing to him? How would you go about it? For example, today I was thinking about it and I think I would start like I would ask somebody to just sit down and focus on his breath. And nothing else but the breath. All the thoughts just about the breath. And depending on how it would go, he would tell me that at one point or the other, some other thought came. Mm. And I would ask him how, like why he was not able to control it. Like why and how, how is mm. it possible. Um, that's my example. I mean, how would you go about it? Um, a couple of questions here, obviously, before we, before we start. Um, what inspired or in, in, encouraged this um, uh, imagination of what it might be like to have a communication with, with another? To, what, 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 anything that feels important with regard to the question? It can be, but I'm curious. Yeah, um, where it came from. I have extremely hard time believing anything abstract mm. or mm. not verifiable, no. like direct by direct experience, mm. or something that's like I don't know, really hard to confront. Like I don't know, let's say I would go as far as that. Okay, I, I do believe that Earth rotates around the sun mm. because let's say I would give. Yeah, yeah, some weight to some science that was behind it, right. without overvaluing. Science. No, okay. But I have a very hard time to uh, believing, and also there are problems like you know with translations, mm, with yes. different different right. interest groups that took over, sort Definitely. of, or that do influence the way Dharma is taught. For example, I come, I had a brush with the Tibetan tradition, Only and for brush, me it's yeah. like so hard mm. to find like what's the real teaching and what came later, what's the essence, what's the ritual, what's yes. just historical context, what's really just mm. has a different purpose than to empower an individual. Mm. So I, I, I agree, it isn't easy to know what is essentially a religious belief system. Um, sometimes the trust will go in that direction for some might go towards the science, the earth is round, or the uh, evidence, photographic these days as much as uh, else. But as human beings, we can open our eyes and we can say with quiet conviction, well, the earth looks pretty flat to me, <laughs> with a few bumps in it called hills, and big bumps called mountains, etc. It's also a a uh, view but as you said very good point something like I find it hard unless there is some experience and some uh, evidence uh, uh, for that and you gave a good example of being mindful of the breathing person says well I'm mindful of the breathing 
but my mind is wandering and I'm thinking about you know, actual um, first-hand experience. I'm curious, so far, either with Sonia or, or myself with the afternoon talks, has anything seemed religious or abstract or theoretical or far away from experience so far in two days? Could be, I'm just curious. Um, not to an unreasonable extent, no. <laughs> Good news. All right, okay. Not to an unreasonable extent. Uh, it's more, for example, like Fair enough. for me, it's like, for example, when we mention like a, a sutta or a discourse, that means a discourse, discourse. or sutta. what. What, what Siddhartha Gautama said. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, I'm like, really? Did he really say that? Or right. I, I, it's, a, it's a good point. Um, and and why, why should it even matter if he yes. did or not? I, why, why don't we just go biological um, right. yeah, derivation or whatever, induction? I, I, I agree. I went to, when I was a monk, little bit, little bit similar, a little bit similar. Uh, I went to Ajahn, Ajahn Dhammadarov, the, the, the teacher, in the, the monastery. And I said to him, look, despite all these books of what the Buddha said or didn't say, there's no proof that he existed. It may just be all very good, clever, skillful writing, but there's no, there's no actual uh, ev- evidence. Do you know what his response was? Who cares? What does it matter? Uh, see if the practice is supporting and beneficial. That's the criteria. So, yes, you will hear from people like me and maybe uh, some others, as today some... Reference there, uh, and I think the long-standing tradition um, has some benefit and usefulness to it, but it certainly has no great major significance. It's a support. It is a support for people to say you do not have to believe that you have to be in the here and now all the time. It is a support to say that our way, our view of what is, is more important. And for some, as it contributes to the trust, some reference to the old (coughs) text. (coughs) Not that important, frankly just to support. Just as you, in your daily life, might quote somebody, like the scientist. It's a support. But it's not really deeply significant. Who cares? Any response? Um, 
mean, there is um, there are many ways how to argue, or in sense, like how to put an argument forward. Mm. Uh, and it sounds sometimes like almost like a, like name dropping, if you know what I mean. Oh, name dropping. If you can translate, maybe. Yeah, no name dropping. <laughs> I mean, it's like my, my actually actually my girlfriend called me out on that because I was quoting science to her so much, and and, and, and she, 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 she she shut me up. I mean, and she? Like 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 tell right. me why, not who said it. Tell me why and how. Hmm. And sometimes it sounds like, and especially because I had this yeah experience with uh, sort of guru yoga. That's like uh, devotional hmm. devotional practice. I mean, their meditation method in some. Tibetan styles is that they more or less make a god out of a teacher, out, out, out of a human being, even though they very cleverly say, don't most practitioners just do. <clears throat> and yeah, they all the time just naming all these supposedly highly... Uh, slowly, slowly, you're falling into the same trap. Naming, naming. They, other. Be careful. It's the naming. It's fine to do, but just to be mindful of not repeating what you're criticizing. Yeah. Um, be careful. Yeah. yeah. Got to be mindful with these things. Coming back more, just immediately now. How's your experience today? You said the priority for you is experience and its evidence. So your evidence is your experience rather than the view of the other. So if you listen to Christopher, I've mentioned the Buddha from time to time, feel absolutely free. In one ear, you've got enough space in the middle and straight out the other. <laughs> How's your experience today? Um, it's a colourful one. I mean, I woke up very anxious. Sorry, sorry, about what, 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 what were you feeling anxious about? Um, if you wish to share. I slept very, very short. Mm. I, have a, I have a history of anxiety, so yes. mm -hmm. it goes, yeah, 20 years back, out mm. of my, most of my life. And mm -hmm. um, I slept also very short. And I was really surprised in the morning that I was, it was easy to wake up nevertheless. Yes, uh, it was easy to get out of the bed. Mm. It was even more surprising. And during the day, the first meditations, the very first meditation is usually the best one for me in the morning. And I was almost annoyed it ended early and we have to eat like during the best time of the day. We have to go for the breakfast at this time. and Not necessarily, but I understand. Yeah, so I just go hungry. So the... So the morning was very nice, very very clear for me, the first meditation, mm -hmm. I just wish it lasted longer. And <laughs> the second meditation was much more difficult for me. Mm. Um, I started early, like before the people yeah. were here, and by the time everybody else was meditating, I mean my um, groin muscles, muscles, tendons and knees, just uh, they're killing me, I played some basketball and uh, yeah, that's kind of my... Right. memory of that so it was getting harder and harder during the day and I was literally struggling the pain mm. and the, right then you had the nice lecture like how to deal with it mm. and the last meditation actually was uh, was the best one 
it was also I used your advice actually to be more curious about what's going on during the meditation because I realized I just when pain starts I have this expectation immediately oh it's gonna go on like this during the whole sit yeah. All right. and I was able to identify it and I was just like okay the pain started let's be curious what happened next All right. and it turned okay. out to be the best one because I just disappeared in my nose in a way it's like everything else stopped existing and just if I could just ref- ref- reflect because some important points and actually have a relationship with anxiety so as you mentioned sometimes one knows oneself and knows that there is some years 20 years I think you mentioned um, with this regularity of the anxiety anxiety can be about things which are happening or did happen or will happen, possibly happen or whatever for, and sure then, will happen. Eh? for sure will happen the thought says <laughs> and then there is the wake up and in spite of uh, shortness of sleep still there is some energy to be appreciated there is a, a commitment presence in the hall precious there is uh, a wish to sit longer and please if uh, that's how the sense is. One is able to uh, uh, sit longer. You know, sometimes the queue takes 10 or 15 minutes to get all the food, etc. Or come in earlier before everybody. Please m- listen to your good voice inside and extend the period of time. And then there are uh, situations in the meditation, like you referred to uh, uh, earlier, that there can be some pain, one knows that there is some history with this, the knees, the basketball, as you referred to, and some expectation, which is a little bit of the anxiety there, uh, that, that you know, it's going to be like this, it's going to stay like this, etc. That's the anxiety viewing the event. And rather than just identify with the anxiety, you actually looked at the experience and worked with it and that contributed to some fading of that anxiety or, and belief or continuity and it's important because if there is a history there in which anxiety is usually associated with problematic pain could be sensations, physical, emotional, thoughts, whatever and you just see in the day here periods and moments in which you're working with it and therefore not feeding the anxiety because you're working with it and you're not feeding the anxiety you're taking the, the power out of the anxiety you're take, it, it is as much a problematic belief as any religious belief. It is a belief system. And very easily we identify as with religious beliefs and secular beliefs strongly with it and not realising, wow, I believe in this anxiety. I believe what it's telling me. So, keeping to the immediacy of the experience, as you said, the evidence is there, working with it, 
it really can help contribute to the fading, the dissolution of the, this belief in the anxiety. And that's a great freedom. Yeah. Um, and just today I could like point out three times how my anxious expectations were not fulfilled. Yes. But I would also warn that it's not that easy because I no. mean it's a I mean if yes. um, I mean my I mean I'm if you talk about anxiety as being a belief, mm. um, I would I would say the anxiety goes way deeper. I was raised Catholic, maybe you can um, yeah. A few of us. And my, my faith essentially felt away when I was fifteen and uh, a classmate of mine asked me, and do you believe? And I was like, oh, I can believe. I, I cannot believe too. So, and that went away like that. But my anxiety has never um, no. went away with a question. No. Slowly, slowly. <clears throat> it can be deep. But it's not as deep as clarity. It's not as deep as insight. And it's not as deep as your wonderful potential to change it. And the anxiety has a belief in it. The belief is, this is worth being anxious about. Whatever it is. This is the belief. And Dharma says, it is not worth being anxious about. It's not helpful. So, it's easy to say, so just to conclude here, that those moments of trust, waking up, sitting in the hall, sitting longer, working with the pain, trusting the immediate experience and much more will contribute to the, to, uh, uh, to the change. And, 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 and fi final word is if your partner does not want to hear about science talk about something more interesting. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, I'll leave you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so we'll have a quiet minute together. And another person, usually the alternation of the genders is also appreciated. Let's have our quiet minute first. <coughs> Yes, uh, anyone at uh, any time? Yes, sir.
with the uh, recording. It's okay. It's okay? Yeah. Right. Nice. <coughs> so, <coughs> I have a question regarding the meditation. Yes, please do. Yes. <coughs> and it's around uh, being focused yes. with the attention yes. and being open. Mm. So, I had the experience, um, I was focused. Yes. I would like to be focused, so it yes. was uh, mm -hmm. uh, intention in it. And then the, there was a moment, the breathing um, came in the foreground. It was not, not I was not intentional and focused. It's no. more, uh, oh, it's breathing. So, yes. And, um, <clears throat> and then it was, um, in another moment, I was not only be focused on the breathing, it's, it's also the surrounding was yes. also there. Yes. So, and, and my question is, How is it with this being focused? Because there is always a will in it, and if the is the, if yeah. the breathing is, um, yeah, let's see. Maybe my my experience is, if the attention is is not focused, is more is open. Yes. Uh, then the breathing can be there. Can. Can yeah. yeah. So so around this because uh, sometimes. Teachers are speaking about focused attention and yes. open awareness or open attention. Yes. But um, it's the same. <laughs> um, as with these things, a little bit of a, a dependency because of the range of exp uh, exploration. So what, what I mean is the formation and construction of the approach in the moment being called focusing there who <clears throat> is to be seen and given prior priority to in its very very down to earth and practical aspects just as the, the good person speaking before one wants to see the whatever the proof or the effectiveness or the usefulness out of experience you know, that, that, that's the um, criteria we might say so uh, with that generally but not always when I as a human being am really focused on something <clears throat> the rest of the world around me plus past and future is very much in the background the quality of the focus can be such that one can be really fully absorbed into it is in a way the center of one's universe one's world at that time such as being with the breath uh, uh, there and sometimes I, uh, I notice it with the meditation but let's say I'm um, I'm sitting at home, coffee shop, whatever, and I'm writing a poem. I'm being completely absorbed in it. I hardly know anything else is going on. And then suddenly the phone rings over the coffee shop. Oh, hi, Christopher, etc. And in that moment, that absorbed, focused attention is uh, broken by the external circumstance and I might re uh, respond to that, or irritated or whatever it might be, 
and then may come back to the poem or whatever it is or the book or whatever, whatever. The practical aspects of all, all, all of this is the checking with calm and relaxation quite consistently uh, there and recognising from without or from within yours is from within the change may come in which this, in this case is called the breath or for another it could be the body <coughs> or whatever is in that experience fitting in to something much more so there is a duality language of focused mindfulness concentrated meditation and the, as you refer to open expansive choiceless uh, meditation and both can be seen as quite different meditations quite insightful and beneficial in their own way but both also and equally can be recognised and experienced in a way as the same event so it, can, it really can be absorbed concentrated and focused it can be no absorption, no concentration and fully expansive and it and we have the capacity as well for be the integration of the two. Yes, do you agree that the moment of being open in being concentrated, yes. that this is the same? Being open and being concentrated so is the same. So if I'm being focused, focused yeah. and I'm open my attention yes. uh, for the object, and that's the same gesture or the same yeah, gesture as being in the open, uh, choiceless awareness. Um, Only th this is uh, a little bit more or broader or so. Um, <laughs> Iffy. Me, what I, mean, what I uh, uh, mean that by that, we, in this case myself here, can't be too kind of... Um, absolute about anything so what, what I mean in this case the quality of the relationship to the object of interest we're calling it the breath but it could be the book, it could be another person it could be the body the object of interest the relationship to the object isn't consistent it can't be, it's not possible so that we give attention to the object and sometimes, as pointed out, the object is so predominant because of interest, curiosity and energy and uh, presence that, well, what it is to sit on this earth and be fully absorbed in this extraordinary experience of breathing in and breathing out. And sometimes, for some of us, with a wish that when we come to the last breath of one's life, one wants to be totally present and calm and clear on the last outgoing breath of one's existence, one's that, that keen. 
in that respect. And therefore, all else is rather on the margins. But, and as you were pointing out, it also can expand further. Sometimes there's just a sense of the body is breathing. So it's expanded out just from the quiet, fairly narrow concentration on the breath to the breathing body. So it's a bigger, more open there. And then it can go more and more open. All of which can have its benefits and also there's some limitations with all of this as well. But uh, And it's really valuable because we want to look at any relationship to an object. If we're too tight around the object, we, it could be another human being in our life as the object, as the example, or around a job, or whatever. That tightness will bring pressure and stress and probably control and fear and so forth. The other objects, persons, situations in our life which actually we need to have more space around while being respectful to the object. Him, her, this or that. Just have more space around. And sometimes that is an act of love for the other. And sometimes doing really to really expand out more so that that whatever it may be is actually belonging to a much bigger field something larger <coughs> now listening oh. to you um, <coughs> gets get more clear to me mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at uh, at a quality of attention yes and one quality of attention can be I want to see you yes and the other can can be oh show up mm. and, and that's another gesture yes and, and that was my idea right. with the open attention yeah so because with the open attention it can show up whatever it's showing up yes so that that's it, from the from the the attention yeah um, the the it's a good point and it's it's an exploration of these things there so in just another way to, to explore, touch upon with you. I, I sit, I walk, I stand, I really bring the attention to whatever is the primary uh, uh, object. It can be that if there is plenty of relaxation, we are not, so to speak, kind of pushing the attention onto the object. It would keep us with it, but a slight pressure, it will prevent some insights and some expansion and some understanding emerging. Just be there. So can we be with the object? There is no pressure, and that includes any other object in this world, there, so that there is a quiet receptivity with the fullness of attention there. And it doesn't matter too much if the rest of the world is not in the consciousness. It's kind of out. It's, it's the relationship to that. It could be really full, clear, with nothing else, 
including no pressure and that object can reveal much more than what was revealed initially. Yeah, I think that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Much, much, much more. The, 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 there's infinite discoveries to be made in the finite. Because the finite, called the breath, it's called the plant in the garden, it's called the painting, it's called the poem, it's called the presence of a woman or a man or a child or whatever it, it might be. Since all of us are an expression of something infinite, therefore there's infinite discoveries to be made in just out of one object. Whether we're close to it, whether we have some space around or whether we're very expansive. This is precious, beautiful, beautiful uh, potential of the human being. Enough? Yes. Good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I have a couple of quiet minutes and then I'll just give a short uh, uh, reflection. with the first uh, inquiry uh, uh, time. The references in, in a variety of ways I take a couple of aspects of this. One sometimes as I would say in the talk <coughs> from the good person speaking we're here in ourselves. Sometimes the movement of the inner life does give 
authority to the other. Maybe of the past, i.e. the Buddha. Um, maybe of the present, under called scientist. Well, past and present, gurus and teachers and traditions and much, much more. And it would be a rather rare phenomena that at times we our voice our word written or whatever doesn't bring in some way or other the authority of the other I don't think one needs to um, reject it fully obviously <laughs> from the talk today um, but to be clear as much as we can about the intention behind it is it the act of sharing or is it a projection into the authority figure whoever he, she or they may be which is being used in some way to dominate or reduce or undermine the good personal views of another person. So we need to be mindful and vigilant each time in the spoken and the written and in the thought of our relationship to authority uh, and to tread carefully uh, with, with this. And we particularly live in society which is very, very vulnerable to more, as people lose confidence, as people lose more trust in themselves, there is a greater transference taking place, significant one, into putting control and authority into others, into a, an elite other. So if we lose our sense of authority the transference will take place and all the political, corporate, social impact that is happening. So we have to find our authority in life with uh, a certain um, clarity uh, to go with it and use it mindfully if we are referring to the other, whoever he, she, they uh, may be. There is also the so to speak, the authority of experience. But one has to tread carefully with it. It can be a weapon. Uh, and a friend of mine, now I'm a friend, Buddhist friend, now long gone from this world, I found, I, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. It's not my cup of tea. But he didn't find any, anything difficult with it. He wrote a rather successful travel guide to the United States of America. This is in the 1980s. More and more people were going off to the United States for a holiday. And he got the idea. He used to work for the, the Buddhist Society in London, I remember. And he got the idea of write a travel book. And the travel book sold very well and people really appreciated it the only one thing was 
he had never been to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I find it difficult. <laughs> and he said, Christopher, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, everybody has their own <laughs> flavour. <laughs> and some of us, we prefer, I may say, I haven't written a book about the United States, but I've been quite a lot, 50 times or more, that one likes the experience to help, to help the understanding there. But Dharma teachings are not fully reliant on experience. It is important. It isn't enough just to read about meditation, to read about mindfulness or Buddha Dharma or whatever. We do, we are here and wish to engage in what is the experience with the kind of underlying question, can the experience of being here in some way be a good support for the daily life? The reminders about staying in touch with oneself. The reminders of change and impermanence, of the power of focus, concentration, of being close to the nature, of a healthy diet, of silences and stillnesses, and looking at I, me and my, and much, much more. And can we find skillful ways, what we listen and learn and apply here, and find our own kind of ways into the daily life? because experience matters. But as a human being, thank goodness, I do not need to have the experience of things in life in order to be able to understand them. That's not necessary. Sometimes we hear uh, people say, um, oh, you can only really understand something if you've had the experience. I thought, oh, thank God that that's not true. <laughs> Think of us put in, the, in the helping professions, so-called helping professions, uh, Dharma teachers and psychotherapists and psychologists and doctors and so forth. I mean, if we have had to have had all those experiences that we've listened, whoa, <laughs> whoa, life would be really be too much. <laughs> yeah. Quite often, some of us who have had an easy life, I'm in that bracket, um, it's actually the absence of, it's the not having, which has been a huge blessing. It doesn't get muddled up too much inside, because one doesn't, doesn't have it. And there can be that trust and empathy, hopefully, and <coughs> hopefully some uh, sharing and communication, through the absence of the experience, through not knowing what she or he is experiencing. Uh, uh, And sometimes, the experience genuinely is really helpful to understand the other. But if the other (coughs) um, hears 
she or he comes to you and says, you know, I'm having this terrible time in <coughs> my relationship or in my job or in my health issue. And then the person who's listening who's had and gone through a similar experience then says, oh, I know just how you feel. I've had this experience. And then they go on and on <laughs> and on about their experience. And it might all be true but they completely forgotten. <laughs> the person didn't say, I'm having this experience, please go on for the next hour about your experience. <laughs> We've got to listen to each other. With or without the experience, we have to listen to each, uh, each other. And to watch on challenging experiences, which, as we heard, could start on the wake-up in the morning to some people, if, in this case the word anxiety uh, was used, if one has an anxious disposition, that means an anxious tendency, it really is worthwhile as a practice to give that a major, major priority. Because that anxiety is like an epidemic in our society. It's not occasional. It, it is widespread. It's one of the words which get people describe of themselves self-doubt anxiety past trauma struggle these words get a use because they're a description of something and we need all the vigilance to show we can experience without anxiety in this case and we've got to be very clear. Whoa, I could attend to this. I didn't get anxious about. I looked at that. I dropped that. I didn't get anxious about. I worked with this. I didn't get anxious about. And that, those small things of attending to and not getting anxious about will, in due course and sometimes very quickly, the anxiousness will lose its authority. It just won't seem real. And then we can look with today. And we don't have to make a problem for ourselves tomorrow. Because we look after today, when tomorrow comes we say, right, I'm going to look after tomorrow when it comes. And that mode uh, will help a great deal. And similarly, and finally, person, uh, this meditation, awarenesses, mindfulness, uh, mindfulness <coughs> giving attention uh, uh, to. Keeping trust and faith, of course, with experience, and seeing for ourselves with that what is it to really be quietly absorbed with something whatever, that might, might, whatever it might be with care and sensitivity whether it's with the breathing experience whether it's with the creative endeavour whether it's making love whether it's eating a, a delicious meal or whatever to give it our full care and attention and in the act of doing that, there's an intimacy. And it's a really precious 
uh, intimacy with the other, whatever the other uh, may, may, may be. And then, and to experience again, as we were listening to, sometimes the expanding out. We can do all of that here. We can do our walking meditation, and we can walk, I remember the title, I didn't see the film, but I remember the title, called Dead Man Walking. Yeah. And, and sometimes there is just the bare act of the walking. And that simple bare act, we're fully present to it. What it is just to walk on this earth. And then we might expand out to include a little bit more. And might expand out to include the sky above and the earth below, while still being in the intimacy of the walking. And it's these explorations of our relationship to the specific, to the specific in something wider and the specific in something much wider these are all features of our practice and it's part of the exploration of being here and for the simple principle if we can get it right and clear we can be of great um, benefit for ourselves but actually immense benefit for other people Sometimes people, what they really wish for us, for the person to feel really nourished, is that we give her or him our fullest attention. Really present for her or for him and to give nourishment. Or it may be that the person, what they really need from us is that they feel there is more space around them. We're not oppressing, we're not controlling, we're not demanding, we giving them more space. And sometimes some people just need a lot of space. And our practice here, full attention, having space around, giving a lot of space to, we keep practicing this, it will come naturally into our relationship with what's around. And frankly, what's the alternative? <laughs> Thank you everyone for lending an ear. Thank you for the two people who came to uh, share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.